I'm going in. It's too big. Size matters not. Didn't go in. So it's big. Hey, hey, what's up, my Star Wars nerd friends? It's me, Chris, back at you after a, what, a one or two or eight week hiatus. Uh, I tell you what, it's been a minute, but there wasn't a whole lot of news going on. My energy level was low, and you know, sometimes you need to take a break and, and pull back a second and come back refreshed and energized. It's kind of like, uh, you know, if you smoke a little and you take a week or two off and you come back and oh, everything hits so much better and so much more worth the money or if you're having sex every day and you want to take a couple days off all of a sudden boom everything explodes again everything's fantastic well that's where we are i'm coming here to explode all over the place with star wars fun so uh as we jump into it you know uh things have been going on uh you know life's been good uh, work's been fantastic still hanging with the crew on sarlacc though i did miss the last episode of that but that was more of a work issue than anything else um, but the guys have been hanging in there, keeping the news up. Um, I did guest star and got to, you know, get to know a little bit Paul Stevenson, uh, Marco's co-host on Who Will Survive podcast. And I was on his Friends Till the End piece, and that got me a little bit more motivated to come back in here and start doing this again. Although when you listen to that episode, it's a little bit less amped up, Chris. You know, Polly's a little more chill, so I tried to stay a little more chill and I'm pretty, I was pretty lit, so I don't even know what the fuck we talked about. But tell you what, check that out. Um, and then check out Sarlacc, of course, the, the, the main show that I'm a spinoff of. So tell you what, uh, I had a bunch of topics I've been wanting to talk about lately. But really, the, the big one that I'm really behind on, and I apologize. I know, not that I'm the, the one to come to for all lore, but I know when books and shit come out and... and things that are, are impactful to Star Wars, you know, I, I do get my opinion out there and I know some people like to, to come back at me. So what I'm going to talk about is really from the book Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray. I haven't really talked about it much. Um, Scott did a really good uh, piece on it and then we uh, shared it through Sarlacc. Claudia Gray actually started following Sarlacc Digest after that, which is pretty rad. She has been one of, if not the most important authors throughout this whole new canon. Timothy Zahn has been you know, easily up until now that kind of the go-to. When you talk about Star Wars books and EUN canon, it's Timothy Zahn and his Thrawn stories. And that is still a close talk, right? It's it's arguable for either one of them as I'm going through with Thrawn Treason right now. But Claudia Gray throughout this new canon has just fucking destroyed it with greatness. Like everything she puts out from Bloodline was phenomenal and, and all the way up to this uh, she's got several books out, and every single one of them, she, she gets the character, she gets the lore, she gets the history, and it's it's been phenomenal. Master and Apprentice, a little bit different than her other pieces, um, and it's taken on Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. I'm not going to get into a book review right now, but the big thing is, this is like the beginning of the time of prophecy. The Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, their relationship changing... But the galaxy is changing. Something's coming. And it all happens within this story where it starts to kind of break open and begin what we'll see in the Skywalker saga, the, the nine movie saga going forward. This is kind of the beginning of it as I see it. Um, and I say that to talk about the prophecies. So what goes on in this book is you have your main characters, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. You have some side characters which are badass. Uh, um, 
impacts uh, a character that I love. I won't get into it. God, God, I'm going to end up doing a fucking book review here. But Pax is one of the best characters I've seen in Verhara coming out of the canon. The, the two of them together are phenomenal. Um, Pax was raised by droids from 5 to 15, you know, or fucking 10 to 20. I forget what it was. But uh, he had a 10-year span where he was raised by protocol droids, so he's a bit of a, a quirk. But anyway, great book. Check it out if you haven't already. But the key to this book to me, besides, you know... Uh, anything else is, is is the prophecy. So you have Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, Dooku, and Rail Averos. Rail Averos is the is Dooku's first apprentice um, before Qui-Gon, which all happened in the Dooku book too, which I'll allude to in another episode one other time. But I tell you what, um, Dooku was into the, the prophecies uh, quite a bit, as was Rail at first, and they got and and. Uh, it got Qui-Gon into studying the prophecies, which he had gotten into in the beginning of this book, starting to study them again, having Obi-Wan help him do the studies for him as his Padawan, doing a lot of the, the legwork in the library, that kind of thing. So they have a literal uh, holocron of Jedi prophecies. So to Obi-Wan, that's kind of a, a trip that there were Jedi prophets. They don't talk about them much, right? These are hidden in the archives. You don't see this this thing, but when, when they do get into them, they kind of get into them deep. Right, like Dooku, at one point they bring up in the book was kind of obsessed with him and really, really into it, and all of a sudden just stopped. Like he realized it was too much. Like it was going to pull him to the darkness. They mentioned many times in the book how looking to know the future and can control the future is a path to darkness. Um, things like that. So it's it's a touchy subject for Jedi. So I'm sure when Episode One came up and they started talking about the Chosen One that people, really, the Jedi, were really freaking the fuck out. I, I see it differently now after reading the book that... Yeah, and by the way, I have gone through this book probably ten times now. Audiobook, obviously, I drive a lot. I have not gone through any book that fast ten times. I've been through the Bane trilogy, the old Thrawn trilogy, the Thrawn books now a lot. But never have I gone back to back to back like I have with this book. I love this fucking book. Um... I should sell this fucking book. I love it that much. Sell it to everybody. Just on the street. Alright, but let's go back to these prophecies. So, um, the Jedi basically, in episode one now, I see them completely different when when this pops up. And why they're timid and why they don't really want to train. Why Yoda is really scared of training Anakin. Not just because of his age. But that comes up too. Um, and here how Rail Avaros, by the way, when Dooku took him on, he was like... I want to say he was like five or six. And Qui-Gon thought that was... I mean, Obi-Wan thought that was crazy because he came in at like three or four and thought they wouldn't that he was old at the time. So we're talking five, six-year-olds are, are old to become Padawans. And then we get Luke at fucking 18 years old and, and later on, Ben, much older, going into this stuff. So a little bit of, of background on that kind of thing too and those kind of rules and how it works. Um, shit, I'm about to just do a fucking book review. But anyway... So what I want to do now is kind of go through the prophecies as they stand and discuss a little bit about who they would relate to, how we'll see them in the the, the saga now, how, how each prophecy has alluded to this. And now we'll realize the Skywalker saga is just about the time of Jedi prophecy. Okay? So the starting off with number one, really, and it, it kind of goes with this book, the starting off the, uh, the ancient Jedi prophets said, when the kyber that is not kyber shines forth, the time of prophecy will be at hand. 
the reason that's a big deal if you didn't read the book was uh, Ruhara and Pax were are basically jewel thieves, right? They go planet to planet stealing gems and jewels and selling them. And their plan was to go to this uh, this planet and where actually Rail is, the moon of, of their planet, and take what they found was an untapped source of Kyber. Turns out it was like fool's Kyber, they call it, right? Um, colon crystal. It's an orange crystal. And it's not Kyber, obviously. So right into the prophecy, they start, they, they as they're talking about them, it comes up, well, wait. Wasn't there a prophecy about the Kyber that's not Kyber? You know, they even discussed there can't be a prophecy about prophecies coming true, right? You know, who has a prophecy about a prophecy? It's kind of silly. But that comes up right there, and things start kind of kind of popping after that. So we have the Kyber that is not Kyber. The time of prophecy is at hand. So here we go. So from this time when Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon aren't quite getting along, they get along after this book, they, they mend their ways, become what we know them as in, in episode one. Um, and this all begins right at the time of prophecy, okay? Um, i trying to think if there's anything else that would be important in that point, and I don't think so. I think it's just a, a good way to kind of start us off to know that that's, that's the beginning. Now, what also happens in this book, which is badass, is that the, the Jedi Council invite Qui-Gon to join them, Right? He ends up not telling Obi-Wan at first, even though they're not getting along. It's just like his way out almost. He feels like Obi-Wan can get a new master. They're not getting along, yada, yada. The Jedi Council decided to invite Qui-Gon because somebody else retired, and which is hilarious to me because I never thought anybody on the council could just fucking retire and have a life. I just figured they died in their chair. But anyway, there was a retirement on the council, and Qui-Gon's been invited to join, um, which is shocking to everybody. Rail about fell out of his chair said they needed to find Dooku, who they hadn't spoke with in a long time because he had left the order. That they need to find him before he finds out on his own so he doesn't just drop dead on the spot. You know, good... Rail's a, a awesome character. Another great character add from Claudia Gray. So, three really genuinely fantastic additions to the, the lore there, character-wise. But anyway, so the, with the council inviting him, turns out that Yoda is the only one that voted against it. That He was, he was against Qui-Gon coming, but the council had decided together to invite him and Yoda would not go against it. Even later in the book when they were all iffy about it, Yoda's all, well, even if I was right, we don't take it back. We invited him, that's it. So the next, I say all that to tell you the next prophecy is, one will ascend to the highest of the Jedi despite the foreboding of those that would serve with him. So this one can go a couple different ways. Because they even mentioned that it would be Qui-Gon here. Like Qui-Gon says, you don't think the prophecy is referring to me, do you? Uh, to rail to Obi-Wan and I'm not sure that it is but let's just say that it is that's just one of those things that that would come true they would see this despite the foreboding of others Qui-Gon has been a rebel this whole time it's been brought up a few times in this book and you can see why Dooku said in episode 2 oh I wish he was here I could use his help right now to Obi-Wan and how Obi-Wan said he would never join you they make it pretty clear in here he may have um, one more misstep by the Jedi, I swear, and Qui-Gon would have jumped with Dooku. Not necessarily to the Sith, but he would have left the Order. He would have, he could have made that choice very easily. He made a choice to stay. He apparently thought about it and made his choice to stay. Um, that could be the one, right? That could be part of the prophecy. Other part could be Anakin. Anakin r- rose to the highest of the Jedi. He was on. He was. He was on the Council, 
right? Not a master, but he was on the council, the highest point of the Jedi. If, if, quite literally, to the highest of the Jedi Order on the top of the Jedi Temple, right? I mean, what else do you do? You're like one of the most famous Jedi. You're the chosen one. You're in there, and everybody else, there was foreboding from everyone else. Foreboding from the beginning in episode one. Foreboding from the council, even letting him on there when Palpatine put him there. You know, that could also be part of this this prophecy not being Qui-Gon like they allude to in the book, but more um, of an Anakin piece later on. So that's where that is. I don't know how important it is more so more more than saying the prophecies are starting to come true. Things that we know in the lore, the movies, the books, um, these prophecies match up to those. Right? So it makes sense. Don't know if it was super important, like it triggered anything else besides, I mean, I guess Anakin being up there triggered a bunch of stuff. Don't know what Qui-Gon would have triggered being invited to the council because, ah, uh, spoiler on the book. Well, yeah, no, fuck it. It is not a spoiler on the book. He wasn't a council member in episode one. So he didn't obviously take the spot. He decided since all this prophecy stuff was going on and he now felt a connection seeing it happen, um, he decided on his own he wanted to um, study his relationship with the Force further. And he got Obi-Wan to stay with him. Obi-Wan didn't want to go anywhere. All this cool stuff happened like that. And they end up staying together. And Obi-Wan or Qui-Gon took a whole different way of studying the Force. Which I'm sure is how he figured out how to live after as a Force ghost, right? Or at least close enough. How to commune with the living. Um, so that was the third one. So those are the ones that I think really just fit in that book. Just to show us things happening or or possibly not happening, depending on how you see it on that last one. Um, the next one I will talk about is a chosen, the chosen one, okay? The chosen one prophecy. A chosen one shall come, born of no father, and through him will ultimate balance in the force be restored, okay? So before we even go into it, the, the discussion in there was like Rail saying uh, something to the point of, you know, the chosen one nonsense you know, do you really think that someone will come and bring balance? Do you understand what balance means? It means why are we fighting? It means that no matter how long and how hard we fight, at the end, the Sith will be just as strong, or the Jedi, or the dark side, sorry, will be just as strong, the dark side will be just as strong as the light side. So why the fuck are we fighting if it all ends in a tie? He didn't say why the fuck, but he said it all ends in a tie. So why are we so worried about it? You know, Rail is a very laid-back Jedi you know, doesn't mind going out and getting laid. He screws the the local uh, innkeeper, and Qui-Gon walks in on it, and Rail is really like, are you serious right now? Are these more like guidelines and rules? You know, I don't love her. I'm just using her for some pleasure, and she's using me. What's the deal? It's not screwing up my judgment. You know, that's the way Rail sees, you know, the rules like that. But anyway, he when he talks about it, it's more like that, the chosen one, how, how screwed up that would be. But anyway, the chosen one saying, born of no father is obviously at this point well yeah I think I think they've made it quite clear Anakin's a chosen one there's no need to figure out if it was really Luke although there, an argument could be made he was born with no father being that everybody had had all been accepted that Anakin was dead that Vader killed Anakin whether it was just being metaphorical or whatever that his father he was born to no father but I, I, I'm just sticking with Anakin let's just stay with the easy route I'm sure they've confirmed it 20 times now, so no need to speculate and be silly. But that's the full chosen one um, prophecy. 
You know, I've seen places on the internet where they say, these are the, the chosen one prophecies. Well, no, this is literally the chosen one prophecy. This this one piece here. All right, let's talk about the fifth one. What did I have here? I have them all marked and written. I don't write and mark shit down usually, so this is, this is a, a different scenario for me. And I'm doing it while I'm driving, so it's kind of tricky. All right, how about this one? He who learns to conquer death shall through his greatest student live again. Holy fuck, right? So, he who learns to conquer death. We know, really, it's Plagueis, right? They're mentioning Plagueis in this book, or at least what he can do. He who learns to conquer death shall through his greatest student live again. His greatest student, obviously, is Palpatine. Okay, it's his student. I don't know how many he had. Shall, shall learn to live again. Shall live again. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm saying this, and you might be thinking already. I'm, I'm going to hit it up in a minute. I, I, I know Scott is thinking right now, Chris. I'm all, hold on. I'll get to it. Um, so that's the obvious one, okay? And he will learn to live again through there. So meaning that Plagueis is somehow going along with the, the theory we've had um, that I've talked about many times, that he was in Palpatine, that it's this one spirit that kind of jumps to person to person to host to host, and that's how it'll work. That Plagueis was in Palpatine. Now Plagueis is in Snoke or whatever the fuck, okay? Um, or could it be that somehow uh, it was Palpatine is the one that learned to conquer death. His greatest student, because we have saw multiple students from Palpatine, right? We've seen Maul. We've seen Dooku. We've seen Anakin. All his students. So we can make a, a case here that he's had multiple, and this is his greatest student. I don't know how many students Plagueis had. Okay, I don't recall in the book. It's been a while. Um, it's been about a year since I went through it. I don't remember if he had, they talked about students before Palpatine, but through his greatest student, could lean towards Palpatine and Vader, and it wouldn't be through him Vader living again unless they counted Vader killing him, the spirit coming out, and him going elsewhere. Or, this is where I'm at now on my theory, okay? Through his greatest student, being Vader, through his bloodline, Luke's gone. The only one left of his blood now are Leia and and Kylo. I think Kylo will do something, some kind of some sort of Sith magic, some sort of something, will bring Palpatine back into a clone body, a younger clone body who will be Matt Smith. I think that's what's going to happen. Is basically he's not, he hasn't been there pulling the strings. I don't know. I don't think. I think Kylo finds a way to bring him back, and that's where this. He who learns to conquer death, so through his greatest student live again, is through his greatest student indirectly will be Ben, who is his, who is his greatest student's grandson. So that's where I'm at now. It's where I've kind of been leaning. I'll let you guys kind of yap at me and tell me what you think about that, and then I'm sure the crew will yap at me next Wednesday when we, when we record the next one. But I'm, I'm digging that one quite a bit, actually. I think it's better than Palpatine sitting in the back and letting Snoke do stuff. I think Kylo in Vader's castle with Sith relics doing some sort of Sith sorcery magic in a fucking cauldron like Palpatine's, you know, doing something like that and bringing him back in a clone. But that's where I want it. That I don't know if we have time in one movie to get all that fucking happening, man, but that's what I want. I, I think I dig it. All right. Anyway, the next one we'll talk about, which is an, an obvious one I, I would think to everybody is only through the sacrifice of many Jedi will the Order cleanse the sin done to the Nameless. Well, the sacrifice of many Jedi is Order 66, and the Nameless were the clones, right? 
So we know um, the sin done to the nameless. That That's a bit of a trick. Is it just a sin that they were cloned and put to war and, and killed off like they were just weapons? Is that the sin and the, the Jedi ending it and that's, that's the way to cleanse the sins done? Are they blaming the Jedi for that because they were the Jedi generals and turned on them? You know, obviously, whether it was the Sith ultimately doing it or not, Jedi were responsible for creating the clone army. Um, they were responsible between it was, you know, whether it was Sifo-Dyas and Dooku working it out um, with, obviously, from orders from Sidious. Either way, Jedi were responsible. Um, Obi-Wan went to Kamino, Yoda went to Kamino and brought the clones to Geonosis. Jedi were obviously a big part of this sin and this war. So only through the sacrifice of many Jedi, which is exactly what happened. So obvious, again, not too huge as far as lore, chosen one type stuff for future, but it, it foretold the, the end of the Clone War anyway. It foretold Order 66. All right. Only got a few more, guys. Let's see. Check this one out. I like this one a lot. Kind of, um, she who will be born to darkness shall give birth to darkness. So again, the obvious answer is that's got to be Leia, right? She was born from darkness, being Vader's daughter. She gives birth to darkness, being Ben or Kylo Ren. So it seems, you know, like she's the, the middle person in this piece, and she's just showing that the prophecy comes true. They've seen it. They see that the, you know, the evil Vader had a child, and then that child, again, will give birth to something else evil. Um, that evil ends up worshiping the, the grandfather that type of thing. That's that's where I see the obvious one. That's where I think it is. That's why I think what they're trying to tell us in the book. If I look a little deeper, I, I could think that I don't know where Shmi came from. You know, if Shmi was born to darkness, if something crea helped create her, put her in a thing, um, born in darkness meaning she was born into slavery maybe, and that's the darkness there. And since she was born into darkness, it bred darkness. Anakin was upset about being a slave. Um, and he and she in turn, it, it bore darkness from him partially right so it could be Anakin and in, in that sense but I, I really think it's the matter of Vader to Leia to Ben is what they're talking about I could be wrong who knows they didn't give a you know readers sidekick to it and, and let me know but I'm, I'm digging that one as well I just like it because I, I, when it's easy to see and, and it kind of gives you chills I dig it when they say them in the book and again back to the book it's probably the best voice acting out of any of them. And don't get me wrong, I love listening to the Thrawn books and everything else, but the voice acting in uh, in Master and Apprentice is fucking dead on on Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. I swear to God, I could be watching episode one and it's just them. I, I love it. And actually, that was kind of the way it was in a certain point of view, too. Same, same scenario. All right. So what am I going on to, like, the eighth one? All right, this one's kind of a... A wacky one and can fit all sorts of places and I kind of think it does and I think maybe some of these prophecies span time and I'm almost thinking time of prophecy might repeat itself like maybe time of prophecy I should have said this earlier is Old Republic had its time of these prophecies the same things happening and now this section is happening but anyway what it says is when the force itself sickens past and future must split and combine I don't know what the fuck that is, right? Unless that's the part, maybe in Rebels, uh, when the Force is getting sick, when you see that, you know, where, where 
down, the Jedi are, are gone, everything's bad, this rebellion is going, everything is ill. Um, past and present was the, the world between worlds, right? When Ahsoka comes from the past after they think she's dead, all this stuff. I'm wondering if that part is part of this, if they would even go so far as to bring Rebels into it right here, that, that arc. Um, or is it that part of the Force Awakens, right? The Force is it's sickened. Right, and then it's it's they're trying to heal it. Luke's coming back, and all this stuff, and past and present, our original trilogy characters um, combining with the new future folks. That the thirty years later, those guys, that one past and present, split and combine, and when they, you know, I, it's it's pretty, it's a pretty deep one actually. Trying to figure that out. When was the Force sick? When did it sicken? Is it after Jedi? Was it during Jedi? Was it? Uh, the prequels, even that's a little tough one. I might need some help with that from you guys, uh, walking me through, walking me through that. You know, when the force itself sickens, past and future must split and combine. So, uh, I mean, I'm leaning towards the the sequels, and that's kind of the way they talk about it. And you know, 30 years later, you're talking with the past folks, the new folks. That's what's going on, I believe. So that would be my my guess on that. How about? The ninth. There's ten of these fucking things. Good lord! And I think I missed one somewhere. Um, when the righteous lose the light, evil once dead shall return. So, this goes all sorts of ways. This goes. This can go prequel and sequel. So, when the righteous lose the light, the Jedi obviously are the righteous ones, right? Uh, I would say, and they well, they're the light, and they lose the light. Okay, evil once dead shall rise again. Is that just the Jedi? We're losing their light. They couldn't see it anymore. Remember, they, they, they mentioned many times in Episode 1 how their ability to see... In, in Episode 2, their ability to see the Force has been clouded. Um, all these things. You know, is that what they're talking about? Maybe that's even when it was it was sick on the last one. But is that what they're talking about? An evil once dead is the Sith will once rise? Or are we talking about the sequels now? Are we talking about, you know... Um, the righteous lose the light. They're losing it. They've lost pretty much the war right there. The the First Order came in, demolished them. They have nobody. They just lost Luke. I know he gave them a spark of hope, right? Or is this that they're looking for a spark because they think they're in the darkness? Is that what's going on? Is this when evil once dead shall return? The being Palpatine, we know he's coming back in some way, shape, or form, or even for a second or whatever. In the in the sea, is that what this is talking about? When the righteous lose the light evil once dead shall return again the easy one is episode one um they lose their light because the sith are back or is it this one we just lost luke the rebellion the resistance there is no hope they're trying to bring it back with a spark but this gives a evil once dead shall return that's a that's a big deal right there so i'm, I'm thinking and hoping that that's actually sequel stuff so, you know, some of them, like, they, they, they like uh, they mentioned in the prophecies, right? Remember when Obi-Wan asked Yoda and Mace, you know, well, isn't he the chosen one? And they say misread the prophecy could have been. You could see how many of these could be misread, misinterpreted. They really thought them to be more metaphors for the future. Like, we would see fables and fairy tales and things like that. They're giving us guides and not really trying to be fortune tellers, just trying to give lessons or stories or... or guiding away they actually didn't think they were actual fucking prophets so that's that's a bit of a 
you know, that, 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 that alludes to what they said too, which I think is rad. And I did fucking miss one, go figure, right? I'm driving and trying to read some fucking prophecy, Jedi prophecies and stuff, and I blow this. But uh, dig this. So, the one that should have been number three, to be honest with you, I think, is danger of the past is not past, but sleeps in an egg. When the egg cracks, it will threaten the entire galaxy, right? The danger of the past is not past, but sleeps in an egg. When the egg cracks, it will threaten the galaxy entire, is what it says. So, whoa. So, are we talking about, like, the Sith in general, war in general? What danger of the past? Is it just Palpatine? Um, this is actually probably a good one to, to go on at this point anyway. Kind of go through it and end it with this one. Um, but it's also probably the most, you know, ambiguous one of them all. Danger of the past is not past. So I, I would say maybe danger of the past is the Sith from the, you know, the old Republic. And it sleeps in an egg and it's hiding, you know, just waiting there to be hatched and come back stronger. And maybe that's when really Palpatine's plan starts to come to fruition and it threatens the galaxy entire. Or do they think the danger is gone after Return of the Jedi, Right. And it's sleeping in an egg. And when it cracks, it'll threaten the galaxy. And that's the Force Awakening, right? The Force Awakens. And when Snoke says, did you feel it? Did you feel the Awakening? That's the egg cracking, right? That's that's Rey at this point. Because we really haven't had a, a Rey type of prophecy. Is this her? Or this, this her Awakening is starting to crack everything. Because now it's going to create war. Um, and maybe it's... She's not what we think she is now. And it, it causes more havoc. You know... Or does this prophecy just keep moving around and it can jump within the same family or um, with twice within the same saga here? I, I, couldn't, I couldn't think of a different word than saga. They obviously wouldn't use the word saga, but point in history, generation, we'll say. Um, so that's, that's, a, that's, that's ten uh, prophecies that are, you know, solid as fuck to, to have in a, one book. Like, she made these. I'm sure she had help with the story story group, all this kind of stuff. But to have these in here in one book with the, the great writing, the, the the lore, the flashing back to Qui-Gon's past as a, as a Padawan with Dooku, uh, meeting new characters. It's such a fucking rad book. And you know how heavy I am on lore. There's not a whole lot of fucking fighting in this book at all. Like, there's not a lot of that. It's a lot of... Uh, just stuff happening. Not so, yeah, political stuff, deciding on uh, treaties and interspace lanes and all this bullshit that is all great somehow. You know, most books, as long as I guess I've had a, if, as long as I have a Jedi and lore and talk about the light side and the dark side, I'm cool, I guess. Because I don't get this amped up about other books that don't have a lot of action in it. You know, I, I had a problem with uh, quite a few of the books. I, I wasn't big into the. Uh, Oh, fuck me sideways, dude. What, what was it? The Battlefront books, right? Inferno Squad was good, but I really... Uh, the first one didn't dig, and it's, a lot of it is because I didn't have Jedi and lore and stuff that mattered. And even back in the old EU, I was really into the books that had lore. You know, the Bane trilogy, the Thrawn, things that added something massive. I was never into things like the Rogue Squadron. I, I didn't think added anything to the, the lore of the Force. So I think that's probably what I'm getting at, is more... Give me stuff to do with the Force, which I think is what's super special, you know, in Star Wars. One of those, one of the many things that's super special. But when they give me this much stuff on the Force, I fucking love it. Love it. It's got me all amped up. I mean, shit. Who needs a 
you know, no, nah, never mind. I'll leave it alone. Anyway, badass book. So the prophecies that went through them all. I'm actually surprised I did it all in the car. It didn't crash. Um, what else is popping right now, man? Uh, Comic-Con just passed. I didn't get to fucking go to that. I know the whole RLU crew was fucking there. And all I want to do is go there and visit and hang out for a couple hours. But we had so many plans with the family and couldn't do that. Um, so if RLU guys, if you're listening, sorry, I didn't get to San Diego. I'd have loved it. Next time you guys are all together again, I will fight tooth and nail to get there. Just I'm trying to spend a lot of family time, you know, at home doing stuff with them. My boy's about to go to go to college, about to go to Oregon State in September. Um, I just took him to uh, his orientation. Stayed out there a few days. We stayed in the dorm together. It was pretty rad. He's pretty excited. I'm excited for him, but I'm sad as shit. But good for him. You know, you you worry your whole life if you're taking care of your kid. And even at the end, you're like, did I do enough? Did I teach him enough? Did I teach him everything he needs to, to survive? Um, but good shit. That's going on. Uh, we'll be back on Sarlacc next week. All the guys were out of town. When I was in Oregon, Marco was out of state. Scott was out of state. Uh, you know, it was, it was madness. So... A lot of stuff going on in the, the Sarlacc crew. But how about, uh, so, Comic-Con. We didn't get a lot of, uh, we didn't get anything really Rise of Skywalker. except for some toys. How about that fucking Sith Trooper? There we go. So, a Sith Trooper. They have kept away from the word Sith, besides when Luke said it, which was awesome, in, in The Last Jedi, right? So, now we have Sith Trooper. So, as Kylo decided to bring the Sith back, did he bring... Palpatine back and Palpatine now it's Sith again we've, we've, we've gone to that did Kylo just by himself decide that he's going to follow the ways of the Sith did he speak again to the ghost Darth Vader which we know he's spoken to before because he said tell me again grandfather unless that was a Snoke vision I, I guess that's possible um, but wow right um, Sith troopers right now everybody's like oh it's just a red trooper no fuck that you know, it's it's a design, a redesign. There should be new troopers every single time we see something. It's a massive fucking army. They can have that. This has been a year or two or three, whatever. I think they said it was just a year, which I was kind of bummed about. I was hoping it would go a little further um, in the future, so there'd be more um, development. But um, just having a, a group of them, and it looks like they're elite. You know, um, troopers for some reason are they going to be like we've had in the past? With you guys remember the uh, like the the black. Uh, royal guards uh, uh, I lost what they're called doesn't matter they were force sensitive right so are we just getting a group of he found a bunch of force sensitives and he's building a Sith army like you would have in the old republic or and during uh, Bane's time and, and you know the army of darkness the, yeah the army of light versus the brotherhood of darkness um, is that what he's building, like a Brotherhood of Darkness? Is he getting his own guys and, and going through this shit? Fucking madness. I hope to fuck that's what's going on. So it, this is going to be a, another really, really cool uh, setup for future stuff, for more lore. Um, uh, shit, man. I'm excited for that, too. I don't know why that caught any type of shit. Like, everybody's like, oh, just another Stormtrooper, and it might look a little bit like a clone, and yada, yada, fucking yada. I, whatever. You know, I'm a... Uh, Hold on, let me pause this real fast. I'm in butt-fucking traffic right now. Hold on one sec. Make a U-turn, and we're safe. Fuck it. I wasn't, like, on the freeway right there, by the way. I got off on an exit to go side streets. The freeway is fucking packed. A 50-minute drive turns into 2 hours and 10 fucking minutes. Um, tis my life. If you ever wonder why I don't record or don't make a show, it's because some jackass is recording a podcast in his car, 
should be paying fucking attention to the road and he fucking crashed. That's what's going on. I'm that idiot, by the way, apparently. So, um, Sith Troopers. Yeah, I'm, I can't wait to get into this with the guys on, uh, on Sarlacc. All right, bitches, cut me off, motherfucker. Um, I can't wait to get into that Sith Troopers, because that starts a whole new bunch of, uh, theory crafting for us and, and going from there. So, exciting times, guys. Uh, and that's probably going to be it. I'm excited to have a show back on. I'm excited to get back into this. Tell you what, by next episode, we're going to go through the Dooku book and how cool that was. And yes, it was kind of a Harry Potter-ish type story, but tell you what, I fucking loved it. Um, good stuff in there uh, with Dooku and how close he was to Sifo-Dyas and things like that. So it, it's going to be a, a trip on that. It's a great read too, by the way. It's only an audio book. So what I like to do is I go one to one. I, I listen to them both basically like they're the same book and just a piece of a different story. Um, different chapters in it or different, uh, uh, not episodes, but you know what I mean, uh, different parts of the play. So we got that. We'll have the Thrawn book done. And hopefully we got some more stuff coming. We got uh, Disney D23 coming up. So, yeah, hopefully we got some more news and uh, we'll keep posting. I'm going to get on this. I'm going to try, guys. I'm, I'm not going to promise it, but I'm going to, I'll promise I'm going to try to keep this consistent. Stay back on, make new shows, get you new content, and start posting again uh, for the three of you that do listen. All right? So dig it. Um, talk to you guys later and. I'll see you in hell. What I was thinking is that we need to cut a promo. Yeah, I've been working on some ideas. It's just I don't really know where to go with it exactly. What if I got like a filter where we could just kind of talk normally and we can have kind of a script, but then yes. I can I can like filter it so that one of us will have one kind of voice and then one will have the other. I want to put my request. Make me as Freddy Krueger. Can you do that? Maybe instead of the voices, what if we tried to like write a skit, develop a whole thing, and we have a backstory? And but well, I don't know. That might be kind of too long. So well, like screeching cars and explosions and fireworks and yeah, and, yeah. Well, what about I like it. Maybe instead of you know doing a filter, we could just like reach out to Robert England himself and maybe. Ooh. He can, you know, just record a promo for us sometime. Do you think? I, I mean, we I, might have to like raise some money. We can do a Kickstarter, and we could just throw it out to like Robert England and you know, sure, just sure. just all kinds of actors, and and I think people will do that. I think. Sure. Why not? Well, you know, what? I don't know. Maybe we're overthinking this whole thing. How about if we just tell people where to find us? I like that. You can find us at who will survive on iTunes, Stitcher, on the Legion Podcast Network, and on the Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network. Also on Facebook and Instagram under the same name. Oh, wait. Can we do it underwater oh, with that, piranhas killing me? That and would kind of be brutal. And if that doesn't work, then you can do the regular promo. All right. Well, just get in the water, and I'll go get some fish. All right, cool.
Join the Nerds with Attitude podcast each week, now part of the Raw Live Unedited Network, featuring the Nerds with Attitude podcast. Covering pop culture, nerd news, TV shows, movies, comics, no, and toys. Also, listen to Nerd Tunes with Scott and Kevin, movie reviews with President Rob, Kevin interviews, and more. And remember, keep it nerdy. Kevin Intermuse. Nope, that's the show about cats. I talk to cats. In a world with far too many Star Wars podcasts comes one more Star Wars podcast. The Sarlacc Digest, a bi-weekly show covering Star Wars news, toys, book reviews, fan theories, and new canon discussion. All wings report in. Join the Sarlacc Digest hosts as they bring you knowledge and lore. Man, whenever the Yuzon Vong dropped the moon on Chewbacca's head, it, it, I shed a Holy tear, shit, dude. What? Not f***ing canon. Jason and Jaina Solo. Why is it so hard for everybody to understand? The passion. So when Luke took off Vader's helmet, you could just see the sadness going in, the lighting and the, and the tears forming, and it's just, the, the soundtrack just starts raising, and uh, then... You know it's a movie, right? What? The fandom. Okay, so I have my Darth Vader camping chair for the line, my brand new exclusive Luke and Leia vans, my Star Wars pop vinyl wristband that I just got. Oh, oh, did I tell you that I was going to get my next... Uh... And the collecting world. I got the orange card of figures. I got the green card. I got the red card. Okay, do you have circles on hand? No circles, half circle? Half circles. Half circle. You got Palpatine blue saber? I do, and the barge. What the f***? No, not the barge. The Sarlacc Digest, bringing you line talk and digesting Star Wars topics over a thousand years. Find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're proud members of the RLU, Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network. Find us, rawlivepod.com. Pigs and Flicks is uh, part of the Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network, which means you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or the listening platform of your choice. Or you can go directly to rawlivepod.com. Yay!